We join the Mike Douglas Show in progress with a guest, Congressman Josh Harder. Let's start with how you see it. Uh, H.R. 1 uh, passed last night in the uh, House of Representatives. Uh, as you look at it, what, what are maybe two or three of the top provisions of the bill that you feel benefit us here in, in our part of the Central Valley? Sure. Well, I think one thing that pretty much everybody can agree on is that politics is is broken. If you're a rich corporation and you uh, spend lots of money, giving money to, to, to politicians, then you get what you want. But oftentimes, if you want help for a common sense project, a, a sidewalk, a, a road, a bridge, then you often get the runaround. And I, I think that slanted playing field is hardest for, for folks in the in the Central Valley when we're often, um, you know, shunted to the to the back of the line. Right now, there's 11,000 lobbyists in, in D.C. I mean, that's 25 lobbyists for every single member of Congress. That's clearly ridiculous. And so it's no surprise that we don't always get the attention and the resources that we deserve here in the Valley. And so this bill is, is largely towards trying to rectify that. It, it has a lot of provisions in it to increase lobbyist disclosures, to address some of the uh, most overt and, and clearest signs of corruption in our political process, and then also trying to get out of some of the partisan politics. Uh, it puts in place independent redistricting, and so you don't have politicians picking their lines and, and picking their voters. We already have that in California. I think we've benefited from that here, but it makes sure that that's the law of the land around the, the rest of the country. Congressman Harder, uh, when, when we talk about uh, the lobbyists, and, and that's an astounding number, by the way, but I, I guess we can imagine 11,000 lobbyists. And, Just and, imagine the folks that aren't even registered as lobbyists, but still basically do the job. I mean, it's, it's really mind-boggling. Uh, in, your, uh, in your press release, you talked about that uh, this historic legislation says that if you're getting paid to influence an elected official, you have to actually disclose those whom you work for. Are they not doing that now? To, uh, fill us in on, on how this uh, lobbying <laughs> position is being abused. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I mean, I, I came, this is actually something that I put in the bill, and it was informed by one of my experiences in my first week in office. I, I went to D.C., you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, all excited to, to get to work, and I got an invitation to, to go to this, you know, fancy policy dinner, and I was like, terrific, let's, let's talk about lowering the cost of health care, let's talk about infrastructure, and I get there, and it's sort of me sitting at this table with these 20 folks, and I didn't know who they were, and I was you know, talking to them and, and listening to them. And then, you know, eventually I started to realize that all 20 of them were, were lobbyists and, and they weren't here to talk about what was good for our community. They weren't here to give me their best ideas, even about what could be doing across the rest of the country. They were just there to pepper me uh, with their best ideas for what they could, what could help their clients that were paying them. Uh, and I got really frustrated. I felt like I'd been really swindled uh, by this invitation. That was something that I really didn't didn't anticipate and so that's the effort here is to try to make sure that there's a lot more disclosure in this process and that you know who's paying that person's salary and they can't introduce themselves as coming from some policy institute they have to make it clear who they're actually working for and so this would rectify that in terms of uh, so if we rewound that tape 
course, we don't have tape anymore showing my age, but if we rewound uh, this particular scenario, uh, they would have to disclose to you who they are and why they're there. Is that is that the spirit of it? Right. So what would happen is, uh, you know, the, at the very beginning, at the invitation, it would make it clear that this is a lobbyist funded event. Uh, not a, a policy discussion. This is a lobbyist-funded event. And then it would make it clear every person that was there, uh, who their clients are, who's actually paying their salary. Because you, you can't really assess somebody's ideas until uh, you you know that they're being, being paid for, for somebody's pet project somewhere else. Congressman Josh Harder is our guest. We're talking about H.R. 1, which passed last night in the U.S. House of Representatives. And uh, the congressman actually had uh, some of his provisions written into that bill. We're talking about a couple of those. Uh, let's uh, another point of clarification uh, for us. You talk about the act uh, dealing with the dominance of dark money in our politics. Mm. Talk about what dark, dark money means and how the bill addresses that. So this takes a lot of different forms, but, but one concrete way we, we see this is uh, there are all these super PACs that are wandering around and, you know, you can have a, a billionaire that gives of either party, by the way, this happens on both sides. Um, but you can have a super PAC that gets a couple million dollars for somebody they buy a whole bunch of ads, and those ads are, you know, shown. They're they're taken over your TV screen. They're sent to your mailers, and you don't actually know who's purchased uh, those ads until after the election, because there's such a long deadline for disclosure. Uh, and so that's what we mean by dark money. Eventually, we figure out who was behind it, but by the time we actually figure out who was doing it, it it's after the election and after people have already cast their vote. Um, I think we need to get money out of politics. I'm one of the very few members of Congress that doesn't take money from any corporate PAC or, or, or corporation just because I think we need a political system that's a little more by and, and for the people. But what this will do is it will actually make sure that when our political system is tilted, when we have you know billionaires and large corporations that are spending endlessly to try to get the result that they want, uh, that they have to make it clear uh, what they're trying to do before the election actually takes place. We're listening uh, to our guest, Congressman Josh Harder, District 10 here in California. And uh, he has graciously offered to uh, answer some of your questions. If you have some questions regarding HR1, our phone number here is area code 209-551-3483. Again, that's area code 209-551-3483. And uh, let's also uh, give you the opportunity, Congressman, to respond to some of the concerns uh, that have been voiced. Uh, one of them, uh, I, I guess, what, between 18 to uh, 20 or 15 to 20 uh, sec- uh, attorneys general across the uh, nation have said, well, we're, we're not so sure we can support that because we feel that it overrides states' rights in terms of states being in control of their uh, uh, elections processes. Can you address that for us, uh, that, that concern that's been voiced? Sure. I, I, I understand it. And I think one of the challenges that we've had, this is more focused on the voting rights part of, of this legislation. In California, um, we have uh, 
a very high standard of, of voting rights, but that's not necessarily the same case around the rest of the country. And, you know, this really dates back to the, the Civil Rights era and uh, the 1960s when we put in place the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, trying to make sure that every American, regardless of the, the color of their skin or where they live, had a chance to, to cast a vote. Uh, and in the years since then, uh, unfortunately, there have been more barriers put in front of, of folks. And so the, the ease to cast a ballot in California is very different than it is in, in Georgia or Florida or Mississippi today. And I understand that, you know, those attorney generals are reluctant to give up their power, uh, but we are in a federal community. And so I think it makes sense uh, for something that is as critical to our nation's interest as voting uh, to not have it be politicized, to not have it be polarized by whichever party uh, controls your, your state legislature, but try to make sure that there is that, laying, that level playing field and that every person has a right to vote. I mean, one of the things that we see is, you know, if you're in uh, some African-American communities in the South, there may be one polling place for every 10,000 people, whereas in a, a, a white community just down the street, there's, you know, maybe one polling place for every 100 people. Uh, that's not right. And so one of the other forms of this, uh, of this legislation is to try to level that playing field and make sure that everybody has the same opportunity to cast a ballot. Again, we're speaking with Congressman Josh Harder. Uh, he uh, had some of his own provisions included in H.R. 1, which uh, passed uh, last night in the House of Representatives. Congressman, uh, what happens from here? Uh, it goes to the Senate at this point. you have any idea when uh, it will land there? And uh, what, what do you think happens from that point? We'll, we'll have to see. Bills have a tendency to slow down a little bit in the, in the Senate. They are a deliberative body, to be sure. Uh, but my hope is that we can continue to make sure that this is an, an important issue. And look, uh, you know, one of the things that this does is hopefully it restores some faith in the legitimacy of our political system. I've heard from so many folks who were uh, frustrated by what they saw um, in, in November of 2020, maybe not even in our community, where I think we had um, a, a a very effective uh, uh, voting process, but certainly some of the shenanigans that happened across other states. And hopefully we can continue to build that momentum towards, you know, having a, a, a system that is free and fair uh, and making sure that we can restore folks' faith in that, in that process. Congressman Josh Harder is our guest here on the Mike Douglas Show. We're talking about the passage of H.R. 1. And uh, welcome your uh, your questions. He's graciously offered to answer those at 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And uh, Congressman Dennis is on the line with us. Dennis, what's your question or uh, comment for the Congressman? Does the Congressman truly believe that his job is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, domestic and foreign. I, I do. I, I, I absolutely do. I swore that oath, and I, and I believe it. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you thinking about, Dennis? What I'm thinking about is the, the Constitution specifically limits the powers of the federal government, if I'm somewhat correct, to five specific actions they can do. It's my understanding and my belief that right now about 80, 90% of what they do has nothing whatever to do 
with those five specific powers reserved to the federal government. And therein lies a lot of problems, specifically lobbying, for instance. Where the government, federal government decides that it should be, then no one would have reason to spend lobbyists there. Do you understand? Yeah. I, I hear you. No, and I think um, you're right that the federal government has a, a lot of powers, and sometimes those powers are uh, have been more generously interpreted over the last couple hundred years. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a constitutional uh, scholar. Um, but look, I, I totally hear you. Are there particular things that you think that the, the federal government is doing today that, that it shouldn't? Uh, yeah, I think that was a point. Dennis, thank you for your call. Uh, we want to make sure we offer uh, the opportunity for a few more voices to get in. Uh, Dennis, thank you. And thank you for framing uh, the question well uh, for the congressman uh, today. Uh, congressman Harder, and of course, you know, dif- different uh, different viewpoints are going to come into the mix as far as states' rights. We've talked about that in terms of the attorneys general and then uh, the federal government saying, well, maybe we need to have a more equitable, uh, equitable way of dealing with elections. And, of course, uh, I'm sure that's going to be hotly debated in, in the Senate as, as we go on. Uh, before you have to run today, I, I have a quick question for you, and that is uh, – our information is that the House is not uh, in session today because of the potential threat of uh, some type of uh, militia action. Do you have any details on that? Any any thoughts about uh, that threat, where it's coming from, and are we back to business tomorrow? Uh, we should be back to business. Uh, it's my hope that we will be. And it's obviously a frustrating time, especially close to two months ago when we saw uh, uh, an armed riot at the, the nation's capital. And so the information that I have is that the, the Capitol Police and the National Guard uh, and uh, the, the FBI who have been working on this uh, got intelligence that were that there was a series of threats, people that were uh, potentially going to try to invade the Capitol again, and so they decided to, to take the House out of session. The Senate is, is still in session. And, um, you know, look, I think that this is a sign of where the temperature in our politics really, really is. Uh, and it's my hope that, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do is try to identify that area of common ground and try to spend a little bit more time focusing on the things we can agree on, because uh, I, I think no matter how frustrated you might have been about 2020 and where you thought that election might have gone. Uh, We have always been a nation of laws. We have always been a nation that tries to settle our disagreements at the ballot box and not through political violence and and the fact that we didn't even just see it uh, on January 6th, but we now are seeing more threats uh, today, I think should be sobering to, to all of us. Were, were there specific threats today, or is it just a, a concern? I, I understand that apparently earlier some uh, reference was made to March 4th uh, for Donald Trump coming yeah. back. Uh, and I, that, that's kind of vague. I didn't get direct information <laughs> on who that came from. Right. Are there any specific, are, and, are and you there the, uh, anyone, or are you here in California? Yeah, today? we were supposed to go in and, and vote today. So until the 20th Amendment okay. in, in 1933, the official day for presidential inaugurations was March 4th uh, today. Uh, then 
20, then we thought, you know, it doesn't make any sense to have an election and then have a six-month period or a five-month period before presidents actually take office. So then we shortened it to January 20th. But that was the, that was the reason why today was a uh, special uh, threat, is that there was some conspiracy theorists who thought that this might be an opportunity to have a second presidential inauguration and that, you know, every president since uh, the 1930s have been, has been illegitimate. I don't, I don't think that that's, I think that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, but my hope is that we're going to be able uh, to get back in session pretty quickly. Uh, any any activity that, that you have seen at all, or is it uh, pretty calm there in, in Washington? I haven't seen anything. You know, look, uh, there. I think you can make a pretty strong argument that the capital security measures were deeply inadequate on, on January 6th, but it, it's been stepped up pretty significantly, and uh, to a degree that's almost concerning, frankly. Uh, the, the, the militarization of our capital is something that nobody wants to see, and there's now 10-foot-tall fences and, uh, you know, obviously uh, lots of National Guard and, and Capitol Police officers at checkpoints throughout. Uh, I really hope that we can uh, at some point bring the security down. I mean, the U.S. Capitol is not meant for, for politicians. It's meant for the people that it represents, and it needs to be open. It needs to be accessible. Uh, I understand the security concerns that, that, that folks have, and I'm going to listen to our law enforcement as they make the judgment about when and how to open things back up. But I really hope that this is not a, a new normal and that we're able to, uh, to make that capital open again as it, as it should be. Uh, Congressman, I know you got to run in about a minute. Uh, we have Jerry on the line from Modesto. And, uh, Jerry, if we can make this fairly quick, what's your question for the congressman before he has to return to his duties? Maybe I'm but I'd like to know if some form of voter ID was put into this legislation. Jerry, thank uh, you. So, Asking about uh, voter ID, uh, Congressman. Uh, so uh, uh, somewhat, yes. Uh, there's, you know, the best voter ID that we have is our voter registration system, uh, which is generally managed by the Secretary of State in, in all 50 states. Uh, and this does have a, a, a good piece to try to make sure that there is national uh, voter registration that exists. And so, uh, you know, look, all of us should have the same common value, that every American that casts a ballot uh, is a legitimate voter. We all want that. Uh, no one wants fraud in our electoral system. And that I hope that this transparency uh, and voter registration system that this uh, legislation would create uh, would help restore some of that uh, faith and some of that legitimacy in our political process. Thank you for your Congress question, Jerry. And, um, thank you for calling. Yeah, great, great question. Congressman uh, Josh Harder, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. I know you got to run. Uh, appreciate you taking time to answer the questions. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll, well, thank we'll you so much, Pastor Mike. Thanks for all your work. All right. Thanks all right, so much. Care. Again, our guest has been Congressman Josh Harder, California District 10. We've been talking about uh, H.R. 1 and, uh, of course, various uh, reactions to that. In fact, uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, seeing H.R. 1 uh, called the For the People bill, they're seeing it from widely different angles. Here's, uh, here's what they had to say about the bill. This is called the For the People bill. And in doing so, we combat big, dark, special interest money in politics and amplify the voice of the American people. The American public have the most to lose because we would lose our freedom. This is 
When you put a bill into Congress, the majority party reserves the first numbers. This is H.R. 1. So this is most important for Nancy Pelosi to hold on to her power. So, again, uh, various views regarding the bill. Uh, and he makes a good point. If it's num- if it's numbered one, H.R. 1, that means it has high priority. Well, we'll be talking about that, H.R. Uh, 1, and uh, a few other uh, subjects as well. We'll be talking about school opening and uh, how young people have really been traumatized by the lockdowns over the past uh, 11 to 12 months. Some interesting points that uh, I think you'll, uh, you'll, you'll find very enlightening from a doctor from Johns Hopkins University. So we'll be talking about that in just about uh, five or six minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be back in just a few moments. Again, at 551-3483, area code 209 Back in a few minutes. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Holy gentle giants, dog, and puppy food, Batman. I'm Burt Ward, Robin from Batman, inviting you to feed your dog natural, non-GMO, gentle giants, dog, and puppy food. Dogs eating gentle giants and using our special feeding and care program are living as long as 27 years with a wonderful quality of life think of all the extra years you could enjoy with your dog get it now at walmart target grocery stores and gentlegiantsdogfood.com try gentle giant's new cat and kitten food too power talk 1360 first traffic from the jackson rancheria resort traffic center Eastbound 205 in Tracy, still very crowded. In fact, spilling back all the way across the Altamont into uh, Livermore now. Eastbound 580 delays actually begin at Vasco Road. That's because at Mountain House Parkway, we have a big rig that tipped over. Northbound 5 in Stockton, stop-and-go action, Hammer Lane to 8 Mile. For the latest on the Valerie opening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by the California Labor and Workforce Development Agency. Essential workers are the foundation of our economy. Our families and communities depend on them. If you're concerned about your safety due to COVID-19, take action. Learn your rights. Visit dir.ca.gov forward slash COVID. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on their... You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Hi, Mike Douglas here. Did you know the average dog needs 60 minutes of exercise per day? Well, Canines on the Move understands that exercising your pet is essential for good health and alleviating destructive behavior. Trust the experts at Canines on the Move. If you're too busy to exercise your dog, call Canines on the Move at 209-226-1150. That's 209-226-1150 because a walk a day keeps the vet away. Liberty. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your renter's insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Great. As a minimalist, I need simple insurance. Nice place. No furniture? Nothing sparked joy, except for this fruit bowl. Well, with Liberty Mutual, you only pay for what you need, so there's that. I mean, look, so beautiful, so... Empty again. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
So much is happening, but who can you trust? You need to check out Newsmax TV, the fastest growing news channel in America. Watch it on all major cable systems and see shows with Sean Spicer, Greg Kelly, Lindsey Keith, Stinchfield, and Rob Schmidt. They're giving you the real story on Biden and Pelosi. So download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone now or watch Newsmax on Roku, YouTube, Pluto, Zumo, and more. 30 million Americans watch Newsmax TV. So should you. Three Advil, three Aleve, three Tylenol, two times a day. That was David's daily routine of aspirin and anti-inflammatories to keep his agonizing knee pain under control. Now I haven't had any in four weeks. That's because David discovered non-surgical long-term pain relief at Modesto Physical Medicine. It's amazing. One of my customers told me he heard about that place and that they were working wonders. And I strongly agree they're working wonders. Modesto Physical Medicine uses regenerative cell treatments that help heal and restore damage damaged joints in the knees, hips, shoulders, back, and elbows. No drugs or surgery whatsoever. With elite athletes now available to you. You know, it's what Kobe Bryant did when he went to Germany. And so I said, well, that's got to be better than surgery. So I went there. It beats a knee replacement. Call Modesto Physical Medicine for your complimentary consultation today. Just blocks north of Memorial Hospital in Modesto. 209-838-3434. That's 838-3434. Call now. 838-3434. Let iHeartRadio be your one-stop audio destination for celebrating Women's History Month. Great stations powered exclusively by females like iHeartCountry Women, Women of R&B, Women Who Rock, and many more. Playlists personally curated by some of the most influential women in music like Taylor Swift, Mariah Carey, and Shania Twain. Plus tons of featured podcasts like Ordinary Equality, The History Chick, and the iHeartRadio Podcast of the Year winner, Office Ladies. iHeartRadio, number one for music, radio, and podcasting. All in one app. From the Exergen to Pearl Scanner Thermometer Weather Center. This report is sponsored by Compassion International. For kids in poverty around the world, things are still desperate. Join Compassion International with your one-time $40 gift to provide a COVID relief kit to a family in poverty. Text the word GIVE to 83393. That's GIVE to 83393. Sunny skies today will see highs in the low 70s and clear overnight with temperatures uh, cold once again, low 40s. And then a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow and highs in the low 70s once again. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And so happy to have you with us Monday through Friday at 3. As we uh, gather here on the Mike Douglas Show, uh, as I'm allowed and uh, have the great privilege of serving as your concierge for conversation as we have live and local, rational and reasonable conversations about the issues of the day that affect you and me. And one of those big issues of the day, I guess you could say multiple issues contained in it, is H.R. 1, which was uh, passed last night by the House of Representatives in Washington, uh, D.C. And uh, as we listen to uh, our congressman for uh, District 10, uh, Josh Harder, uh, respond to what he felt were highlights and then some great questions from, uh, for example, from Dennis. He was asking about what states' rights here. Are we operating within the intent of the founding fathers of allowing states to determine uh, certain things? And uh, certainly if you look at Article 1, Section 4, uh, of the Constitution, why, 
you know, there, there's some questions and questions need to be asked and they're legitimate questions. Jerry brought up a good point uh, in this legislation as it's looking at uh, attempting to make elections uh, fair and equitable. What about voter ID registration to make sure that people are actually who they say they are? So uh, your comments, uh, we would love to hear what you what you think. What are your reactions to what you heard from Congressman Harder and uh, the discussions we had about H.R. 1? Our telephone number here, 209-551-3483. That's 209-551-3483. Just a couple of uh, personal reactions here, as you may be thinking about yours. Uh, I, I think it would be hard to disagree with asking lobbyists to identify themselves. Those are a very interesting story that he that he talked about. Congressman Harder, uh, when he was uh, first in Washington, D.C., uh, came to a dinner that he was invited to. I think he said there were 20 some odd people there. Uh, not not that they were odd, but 20 plus people and uh, <laughs> had not had not identified themselves as lobbyists. And uh, he didn't uh, tumble to that until a little bit later. So uh, I I would say, you know, I'd, I'd have to line up with, I think it's good for lobbyists to identify themselves as lobbyists. Uh, and then this discussion of dark money. That's very interesting. He unpacked that, uh, unpacked that phrase a little bit for us. Uh, but, uh, you know, it gets into a donor... Uh, disclosure requirements, strengthening uh, campaign finance oversight. And, of course, what you always have to think about this is when you have one dominant party that's pushing through the bill and another that's pushing up against it, uh, who is it, who is it actually benefiting in that arena? And, again, that's why we offer the congressman the opportunity to share his thoughts, and, uh, and we appreciate that. Along with uh, uh, Dennis's comment, a caller we had uh, uh, about five or uh, maybe 10 minutes ago, he was uh, asking about states' rights and uh, the federal government in relationship to the states and uh, not taking over those uh, realms that the Constitution gives the states. There was a, uh, a letter signed by uh, 15, maybe more, uh, secretaries of state uh, from around the country. Uh, John Merrill being from Alabama, apparently he was uh, one of them. I think I may have misspoke earlier that they were attorneys general. Uh, These were uh, secretaries of state. And they penned a letter to congressional leaders opposing uh, H.R. 1 for the People Act They sent it to uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Minority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell in the the Senate, uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, Minority Leader of the House Kevin McCarthy. And basically their objections were um, that uh, they're, they're writing because they're worried about the fact that each state legislature should have the freedom and flexibility to determine the strategies, the practices, uh, the rules that best meet this, the needs of their respected states. They said a, a one-size-fits-all approach mandated by Congress 
is not the solution to any of our problems. And so uh, they, they went on to say in that letter, apparently, that they felt that they're worried that the legislation, H.R. 1, would intrude upon our constitutional rights and further sacrifice the security and integrity of the elections process. And so there is, uh, there is that, that debate, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to come up in the Senate when, uh, when this bill comes before the Senate. I hope uh, that will be in the not-too-distant future. Now, whether it survives the Senate or not, we don't know. There's talk of uh, enacting a filibuster there to uh, slow it down or ultimately defeat it. We'll see what happens. But very interesting. If you haven't, and, and there is no way that we can go through on, on the radio show here and explore every facet of that bill. I would encourage you to look at it, uh, to look at it, read through it so that you're familiar with it, uh, because if it passes, it may have significant effect upon uh, voting not only here in California, but around the country as well. And again, the main concern that I see is states' rights. Is, is this a bill that respects states' rights, or it is a bill that uh, encroaches upon that. That is a significant issue. Again, we welcome your reactions to our pretty uh, pretty in- involved discussion with Josh Harder a, a bit ago about HR1. Our phone number here is area code 209-551-3483. 209 Three four eight three. One of the things that uh, I asked the congressman about, and we had to do that fairly quickly, I know he had to run, was this whole issue of canceling House sessions today and votes based on security threats at the Capitol. This is significant. And right now, the Capitol doesn't look like what I would like it to look like. I understand security. I'm an ex-cop from back from the time of Noah, long time ago. And, uh, you know, my, my concern is that we, we make government more unreachable, more unconnectable, so to speak, with the people. And uh, listen, I'm not in favor at all of the vandalism and the break-in and the breaching of the cast uh, of the Capitol that uh, occurred on uh, January 6th. Don't approve of that at all. And, uh, but I also don't agree that Donald Trump was the one who directly incited that I've listened to his speech. I've read through the transcript. I don't, didn't hear anything, didn't see anything that would directly ask those people to go in with what they appeared to have as preset weaponry, so to speak, in order to breach the Capitol. Uh, I don't, I don't buy it. And so when I heard about this today, I, I thought, well, the Senate is in session. Why is the house shutting down? And we've looked for specifics. We're not getting a lot of specifics, but who is this militia group? That has been identified, apparently, because the U.S. Capitol Police said in a statement, we have obtained intelligence that shows a possible plot. Let me go back and read that for a minute. 
This is a Capitol Police uh, statement. We have obtained intelligence that shows a possible plot to breach the Capitol by an identified militia group on Thursday, March 4. We have already made significant security upgrades, including establishing a physical structure and increasing manpower to ensure protection of Congress, the public, and our police officers. If it was enough to shut down the House of Representatives, the Senate, I just have questions. I'm just not comfortable with this. And there may be good reason for it, but maybe we need better communication from the Capitol Police. Your thoughts, area code 209-551-3483, area code 209-551-3483. And we're talking about your reactions to uh, Congressman Josh Harder as he talked about H.R. 1 and uh, his reaction to it and the reaction uh, of some of the callers as well. David from Stockton, uh, what did you think? What's your overall reaction of our conversation earlier regarding H.R. 1? Well, I felt like the congressman, honestly, uh, he's a politician. He talked around your questions. He talked around some of the commentary. And I'll just give you two examples. Uh, the gentleman, I think it was Dennis, that called about government overreach or what the, uh, the job of the federal government was. And he said, yes, I hear you. I know that. But this is important. And therefore, what I really wanted to hear him say is, yeah, that's actually not in the Constitution. But he wasn't going to say it. So that is concerning to me. He didn't really address the question, which is, do you have the constitutional right to write that law? That would be an example of it. Or even if you had concerns about uh, one polling place for uh, 10,000 African-Americans, and I'll, I'll take his word for it. I don't know that that's true, but I'll take his word for it. Would not an answer be then, let's create more polling places rather than all of the other notions of mailing in before and after and and without really verifying people because and uh, it's not original with me but uh, the truth is you can't go buy a bottle of beer from your local market without showing an id and he said you know this voting is so vital so important and if it really is that vital and that important i would think we would want to do it uh, well, it should not be an easy thing. It should be done uh, correctly. Anyway, I, I didn't feel like he gave a lot of – he's very pleasant, but I don't think he gave a lot of very straightforward answers. Well, David, thank you so much. Appreciate uh, appreciate your viewpoint and your call there. Uh, again, the issue, my friends, I think that a lot of us are, are considering, is this overreach? Uh, does this take the federal government into areas that really belong to uh, states? We'll continue with your comments, uh, your reactions in just a few moments at area code 209-551-3483. That's area code 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas with you here on the Mike Douglas Show. We'll continue in a few moments on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 burst traffic from the Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Eastbound 205 in Tracy, right at Mountain House Parkway. We have a big rig that tipped over, and it has caused a monstrous delay all the way back along the Altamont, all the way to Livermore. Vasco Road is... 
actually starts. And, of course, after this, 205 is wide open. No delays on North 5 through Lathrop and French Camp heading for Stockton. For the latest on the Valerie opening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by the California Labor and Workforce Development Agency. If you get COVID-19 at work, you have the right to take paid sick leave. If you're sick, stay home and take care of your health and others around you. To learn more about your workplace rights, visit dir.ca.gov forward slash COVID. So what's the greatest video game of all time? Former NFL star turned esports coach Amon Green and his crew tackle questions like that while hanging out inside Amon Green's Gamers Lounge podcast. Gamers, we're a different breed. We, we, <laughs> we deal with a lot of stuff, so we know the patience that we got to have to persevere. Each episode, they're joined by the top video game streamers, gamers from Hollywood, social media, and pro sports. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, and it's easy to see why. Find Amon Green's Gamers Lounge on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you Get your podcast. If you get COVID-19 at work, you have the need sick leave. If you're sick, stay home and take care of your health and others around you. To learn more about your workplace rights, visit dir.ca.gov forward slash COVID. Well, here we are. Mortgage rates are starting to pick up a little bit, but with fixed rates hovering in the 2% range, there is still time. Tom Sullivan here for the local company I trust to take care of you. First California funding. So many of the mega banks with their auto dialers and call centers just want to sell you. Financial sense or not, First Cal will not sell you. They will give you honest advice because they're in this for the long haul, not the quick buck. Rates are still historically low. Home equity is at record highs. Pick up the phone. I guarantee you'll have a pleasant, informative discussion with someone who really cares and knows their business. Veterans, you can still purchase with zero down, 100% financing. Serving California for over 20 years. Make the five-minute call today, 916-989. 6222-989-6222 or start the process in seconds at fcfunding.com. California Bureau of Real Estate. Real Estate Broker License Number 01069872. NMLS Number 282458. Equal Housing Lender. The new wave of San Joaquin Valley drivers in plug-in electric vehicles are telling their story. I was driving a Volkswagen Jetta. Now I got a plug-in for uh, uh, fusion. My wife and I are now driving this plug-in car. With this car, I'm saving um, Living guys and also uh, helping the environment. Thousands of Valley drivers are leading the way in plug-in electric vehicles. From electrical to gas, it's helpful and it saves me money. And it's a good running car. It's really smooth and quiet. Plug-in electric vehicles are the best option for driving in California's disadvantaged communities. You'll see results every day. Every week, and so this time I also. Worry about it for minutes. Plug-in electric vehicles are an easy way for all Californians to save money and improve our air quality. Brought to you by Coalition for Clean Air as part of our mission to bring electric vehicles to all Californians and make every breath you take a breath of clean air. Check out ccair.org forward slash clean cars. Too busy or unable to exercise your beloved pet? No worries. Call in the Pet Whispers from Canines on the Move. Potty breaks, walks, conversations with your pet? Give Canines on the Move a call. 209-226-1150. A walk a day keeps the bed away. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. It's today's conversation. 
Modesto, and beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show. And today's con- <laughs> today's conversations dealing with H.R. 1 passed last night by the House of Representatives and other issues. Uh, vaccines are also uh, up on, on people's minds right now. Uh, uh, let's go back to the phones at 209-551-3483. That's area code 209-551-3483. And uh, Lauren from uh, Modesto has uh, has some questions about HR1 and uh, the incident back on January 6th. Lauren, what's, uh, what's on your mind? Well, thank you, Mike. I, this is my first time calling in. Uh, I was unable to uh, hear your conversation with uh, – Representative Carter, but my wife came in the door and told me, did you know that he's on? I said, no, I did not. So, uh, And then I heard your comments about you know, the security and such that's going on at the Capitol today. Um, mm-hmm. And the two comments kind of tie in together. Um, and I've communicated this to, uh, to Representative Carter before in, in emails to him. Um, I believe that the, there is plenty of Plenty of blame to go around for what happened on January 6th. But my personal feeling is the primary blame, if I can liken this to a bonfire, is the wood that was spread onto the, onto the field all during 2020 with the riots and the protests and the um, uh, anarchy, if you will, in major cities all over the country where there was no reaction uh, and no violence on the part of the right-wingers, as, as much as I can tell, maybe a few points here and there where Proud Boys showed up, I know, in Portland and all that, but it was a Proud Boys man, man that was killed, not, not one of the Antifa or the BLM people. So it, the, the election and the questions about the election, if you will, kind of set a fuse that exploded on January 6th. Yeah, so you're you're thinking you're thinking, Lauren, that uh, there was a buildup to that. Uh, one of the issues being that things were not addressed. Uh, great, great point, Lauren. And uh, I would also suggest, Lauren, that we apply the uh, the Douglas Law of Reverse Application here. The Douglas Law of Reverse Application that says whatever you're looking at, whatever opinion you have you need to apply it to the other side as well. So if we're going to apply certain things and, uh, and, and, and give a certain latitude to riots and burning down uh, or breaking in and burning down police stations and such, we need to apply those same principles, those same reactions to what happened on January 6th. If I'm catching your drift uh, there, Lauren, uh, you know, maybe there was not an equitable uh, treatment of um, – of what was going on and a lot of that uh, build up over time. Uh, let's go quickly back to the phones and uh, Carl uh, from uh, Stanislaus County uh, has a, a question or an observation about the vaccines, which are on uh, everybody's mind. Carl, what's, what's your observation? Well, the observation, you know, I'm a field worker of a, uh, in the almond industry and uh, I supervise and I have a lot of Hispanics, that are that are here and uh, they're worried about that uh i'm older and uh you know i i have medical conditions and i uh, i'm worried about the the uh, vaccine that's number one with the, the different one and i'm curious about uh 
the Johnson and Johnson. Um, but the thing is, with with the politics that are going on here in California with Josh Harder and with uh, uh, Newsom, you know, it, it's kind of scary, you know, what's going on. And it seems like, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I'm really disappointed, you know, and I think it's it's gone to this factor that I voted for Trump and I make America great, and uh, and I don't even see. Our president, which is President Biden, coming out even speaking to us, and uh, you know, and 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 so I don't I don't know what's really going on here, and it's really disappointing yeah. to me. Carl, I I hear you. We're uh, we're bumping the clock a little bit. Thank you for calling, making the point. Uh, yeah, communication is the big thing, and uh, there are some. Uh, uh, there are some efforts now to make sure that the vaccine availability is equitable. Thank you, Carl, for uh, your observation. Mike Douglas here. Trevor Carey is up next at 4 o'clock. Thank you for joining us here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll see you tomorrow right here at 3 o'clock.